<laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Pastors Podcast. Uh, I was having some technical difficulties on my side, but hopefully they've been resolved and I don't restart my computer in the middle of this. Praise God. Hope you guys have enjoyed Waymaker Week so far. I hope that you have been praying. What is it that the Lord would have me give today? We love doing the Pastors Podcast because it's a time for us to kind of connect on a deeper level and bring on what I would say are some either experts are highly knowledgeable people in the areas in which um, we are talking. And today's podcast is with the one and only Pastor Ray Bowles, GS. I don't, I don't know how many times <laughs> I've been called Pastor Ray before. <laughs> not, many, not many. Pastor Ray Bowles, GS. Yo, Checkpoint Church, appreciate you tuning in, hanging out, coming in, chilling with us here at God Squad Church. Appreciate the support. Welcome. This is our Waymaker Week streams, basically a fundraiser for our 2023 budget, um, as you could probably very well relate to having to do things like that. And so welcome. Appreciate you guys being here, hanging out and tuning in. Today, this segment is the Pastor's Podcast. And so this is Pastor Boz, uh, and I am Pastor Daylight, also known aka as The Lion or just the dude. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Today's title of the Pastor's Podcast is, Is Life Supposed to Be This Hard? Well, Pastor uh, Boz, what do you think, man? Is life supposed to be this hard? <sighs> yes and no. Uh, <laughs> the the <laughs> Bible does tell us that, you know, don't be surprised. This is more about persecutions, right? Don't be surprised at the, at the difficult. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. But we also have on the other side of that, the, the actual sufferings that maybe aren't necessarily persecution, right? You have the different difficulties, you have finances, you have health, you have all these broken things. So is life supposed to be hard? Well, yeah, I think it is. We, we live, an, unfortunately, we live in a broken world. There's a lot of sin in the world. And because of sin, uh, our, our bodies are breaking down. The world is breaking down. Uh, yep. There's so many things that are breaking down the world. So I think, yes, but also God talks about that he created us not for suffering and not for destruction, but for prosperity and other great things that he talks about uh, that he tells us in the book of uh, Jeremiah, I believe it, it talks about that. And so uh, having an abundant life and having abundant joy, what does that actually mean though? And so how do mm. we get to that point? I think that's that's kind of the main issue there. How do we get to that abundant joy? So I'm going to play the skeptical today, all right? Okay. I'm going to play the skeptic, all, all right. right? That's just like, so like, if we talk about abundance, we talk about joy, and we like all the things that like are obviously like, from a non-believer's perspective of like, this world is just jacked up, and I'm stuck in it. Sure. If this God is so good that you talk about, right? This God that, you know, you go on and on about saying he's loving, and he's kind, and he's all these wonderful things. Tell me where where is this God when I'm going through you know my divorce? Where's where's my where's this God when I'm going through you know uh, my family member with cancer? Like where is he? Yeah, I, I think that's 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 a really really good question that a lot of people have and a lot of times for me because I've been through a lot of a lot of suffering in my life and been through a lot of junk and there have been times that I've asked that question. To be completely honest, I, I've said to God before, well, if this is what, I'm not proud of these moments, I'll be honest. I've said to mm. God things like, if this is what it takes to be a servant of you, do I really actually want to be a servant? And if I'll be completely honest, I've said before, then I don't want to be a part of it anymore. 
And wow. I'm not proud of those moments. Those were really difficult. But my question to myself and to others, if everything was perfect, if I lived the peaceful life, if there was no problems, then I wouldn't have to rely on God at all. And if I didn't have to rely on God at all, then there would be no faith that needed to be involved. If there was no faith that needed to be involved, there would be no relationship that needed to be there. And so if everything right. was just perfect, my finances were in order, my health was in order, my, my, all of my relationships were completely perfect here on earth, then I wouldn't have to rely on God in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's part of the reason why we have the tree of knowledge of good and evil like if, if god if god intended like listen he created garden even garden of eden is perfect right it's perfect relationship mm. between adam and eve and god and they have this perfect unity but then you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil it's not like it's not like god placed it there and then all of a sudden he's like well they they're not going to pick up from that tree. The, the fruit from that tree, we know what it's going to do, but they're not going to pick up. It's not like, uh, you know, Eve took a bite and then Adam took a bite and Jesus was like, whoa, God, what are we, what are we going to do now? Uh, Holy Spirit, I, I don't know. This wasn't a part of the plan. No, that, that they knew, <laughs> you know, God knew yeah. that this was going right. to happen. And so I think there, there's that choice there, but we need to have that relationship and this, and the trials that we go through really truly does build that foundation of that relationship that we have with God. Hmm. That's really good. I think, um, yeah, I think that that, that, that question can get so convoluted and, and anecdotal, um, where we like, we know that for sure there's suffering in the world. And like, uh, I'm, you know, I talk about suffering a lot in my sermons because I think it's something that the American church for one has a very hard time processing well. And they think that, you know, a relationship with God means everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. And, right. you know, every time then when they go through a hard situation or a hard season, they're like, well, God abandoned me or, you know, the church is terrible or like, and they completely forsake everything they knew because they were set up wrong. And what I mean by that is we've kind of made the entry to living the Christian life. We've tried to make it and paint it as a picture that's like this vacation um, when, when the Lord said, you know, pick up your cross and follow yeah. me. If, if we break that down, <laughs> you might've heard that situation or that, that, um, scripture before chat, but if we break that down, that, that the Lord literally tells you to pick up one of the most torturous devices in history yeah. and make it your own and follow me, you know, know that your name is upon that cross. And not only do you deserve it, but like to, to, to follow after me is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like you were even hitting on a little bit, Ray is like, we live in a fallen world. And the truth of the matter is, is with no evil, right. With no suffering, can there really be endurance? Can there be perseverance? Can there honestly be joy? Right. And I would say like the dichotomy of the two, one has to exist so the other can be appreciated. Um, and more so that like God has been speaking to us right throughout history about how suffering can produce good things in you. And there's like a huge trend going on right now in the world of, you know, this idea of like weak, weak people, like people that have just like been watered down and weak because they haven't went through hard times. And I don't know exactly where I fall in line with all of that. I just know that 
it's 100% true uh, in my own life is when things are easy, my character is not being developed. It's not being built up. It's mm. not being, you know, I'm not being challenged. I'm not growing. And so, you know, when I think about it, I do think of like the, the, the things that make me like the things that people appreciate about me are the things that were developed in the worst possible parts of my story. Right. You know, I, I didn't develop, you know, um, you know, leadership because I was babied and I was able to like, you know, be like, <laughs> be, you know, held and coddled in my hand. Like it just wouldn't have happened. No, it happened because I needed to step up, um, in order to survive, right. to be honest. And so, you know, I guess like one of the questions I have for you, Boz, is like, what is a time or a story in your life where, you know, you've seen the Lord put you through, um, or not necessarily put you through, but allow you to walk through a season of suffering um, and it produced something good on the other side? Uh, there's a lot of stories in my life. Uh, I almost say unfortunately, but I guess fortunately in a way that I could talk yeah. about. Um, the one that comes to mind, and maybe people have heard this before. Uh, I've talked about this on my stream before multiple times. Uh, one of the, it's not the most difficult time, but one of the most difficult times in my life, uh, a lot of it has to do with my wife's health. If you guys know my wife at all, Sparkletastic Danny, she is absolutely wonderful. She is the, you know, she's my bride, she's beautiful, and she's absolutely amazing and bubbly and uh, just full of joy. But she has a lot of health issues, a, a lot of health issues. When I say a lot, I mean like people are like, oh yeah, I struggle with a couple of things. Now. I'm like talking like, like, a, a dozen or more uh, chronic health issues that are just, you know, that doctors say just can't be healed. And at one point in our life, uh, she had had um, a series of seizures uh, back in 2017. We had experienced this once before a year previous. Um, and in 2017, probably, I believe it was about May or so, uh, she hadn't had the seizures yet. And just some things were happening in her life. She had gotten into a car accident. There was many things going on and she was actually in a wheelchair at one point in her life. Uh, she had had a disc fusion in her neck in that year of January, 2017. And so she was in a wheelchair. She was struggling with neuropathy and all sorts of, uh, not neuropathy, um, I can't think of a word for it, but she was struggling with things that caused severe pain in your life, essentially, so that you can't do normal things like a normal person would be able to walk around and do. And during that time, it was really difficult because she was just in a wheelchair. And what doctors continued to tell us was, you're going to be in the wheelchair for the rest of your life at this point. Like, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. There's no way we can take away the pain that you have. There's, there, this, this is it that's it you're just gonna have to deal with it so we get it in our minds that this is gonna happen but god had been revealing to us years previous about healings for danielle that not all of them have been seen yet but over the years he's been gradually showing us many things but i'll never forget in 2017 she had uh september of 2017 now we roll forward a little bit she's been in a wheelchair for four months she had a set of seizures um i think it was like two or yeah. three of them all at once 
She went to the hospital. She stayed overnight there. I was with her. It was one of the darkest periods of my life at that point. And the next morning she woke up and I was sitting in the hospital room with her, my mom, her mom. I was reading the newspaper. Yes, I'm an old man. I had the newspaper in my hand, the physical newspaper, okay? It wasn't like on a cell phone. I actually had a newspaper in my hand. Those things are real. I'm not a boomer. Uh, <laughs> Let's get some boomers in the chat. And I remember my wife standing up out of the bed and walking to the bathroom. Now, I've been I, I I've been living with my wife, you know, for the past four months that she's been in this wheelchair. I have been rolling her everywhere. I've been picking her up. I've been doing so many different things. And she just stands up and walks to the bathroom. Okay. She comes out of the bathroom, walks back to the bed, and sits back down. Now, I let the paper drop out of my hands, and my mom looks over at me because she's sitting right next to me, and she's like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? My face, my jaw dropped. And my mom looks at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? Her mom looks at me asking the same question. And Danielle looks at me. She goes, what, what are you so surprised about? I go, that was the first step that you have taken in over four months. And <sighs> I know for a fact that if I were God, I would have went about this in a completely different way. A set of seizures <laughs> to get my wife to get up out of a chair and to be able to start walking again. Hmm. But I know for a fact that because of those things that happened, I started really realizing what the Bible talks about when it says that God will take what the enemy means for evil and turn it for his glory. I never understood it as much as I did in that moment because it was so painful. I was in a dark place in my life at that moment because I felt like my whole life was being shattered. I didn't know what was happening. The doctors didn't understand what was going on. My wife is in a wheelchair. My life is locked down for this for the rest of my life is what these doctors are saying. But God showed up and did something so miraculous. He did something so different that nobody else was going to see. So the pain that I had inside of me yeah, that was real. And it, and I still deal with things, right? I still have some PTSD from those times. I still struggle with those things with my wife's health, but yeah, she's not in a wheelchair anymore. The things that the doctor said that she was never going to be able to walk again, they were wrong because they don't understand who my healer is. They don't understand who Jehovah Rapha is. They don't understand that God is a God get, they can, that can do miracles, that he is a God who where people say this is impossible, he makes them possible. Yeah. And for me, man, I never understood it as much as I ever did in my life in that moment at that time, for sure. That's, uh, you know, obviously the, the stories are the story and story and story after the, the idea of suffering and hearing the power behind that story, um, you know, is, is moving. And it's, it's crazy to see God continue to pull through, um, and give you the sustenance to continue to go. Right. Yeah. 
like the beginning, you know, you talked about a little bit um, of this idea of like, you know, and I, I don't think you should be embarrassed by that, you know, of, you know, a faith check. I think that, you know, honestly, that's where we grow deeper in our in our faith. Yeah. That's where we are able to take steps that we never thought we'd be able to take is when we have a moment where they're like, like, God, like, are you real, man? Like, yeah. God, like, I, this is too much. I don't want to be a part part of this if, if this is what it's going to look like like i don't know where are you in this and i think that's the reality of so many people and you know there's a shame culture around that idea uh and i don't think there should be mm. i think that you should diligently work out your faith with fear and trembling um and guess what sometimes it's going to be hard days it's going to be dark days and when you've gone through a lot of hard things <clears throat> It becomes it becomes in somewhat sense easier at the end of the day you just like you've been through it all but in, at, at one end too it's just like like lord when does this when does this end um and I, I think that that story specifically you know danny getting up and walking and watching the lord intervene in a powerful way um maybe not even a way that you would have done it yourself like you said <laughs> but uh you know he he sees things from a perspective that we can't and we can't understand and you know as we're talking through the idea of suffering i really feel like you know it can't be talked about without also talking about sin right um there's so many verses in the bible that have been set up right not as not as something we completely understand and i still think that we're at a place where you know i think we think we have a lot of things figured out but we have very few mm. uh, and so what i mean by that is that there's these hidden gems in the bible that the lord i think had a a path that flows out of them that we don't quite understand why he did what he did until it comes about and so like i.e the the jews in ritualistic manner in leviticus would have to wash their hands before they ate right. food that was not because of anything scientific that wasn't like they didn't know to wash your hands in that day and age it, it the but i believe the lord was he was preserving them and he preserved them through countless times um with with weird things that you'd like in the time you wouldn't understand yep. if we had no idea of microbiology then we would never understand why god was still making people wash their hands like we would just thought it was a part of the thing and a lot of those tenets that he had set up have real world application. They have real world sustenance. Um, and I still think we live with that idea of like barely being able to see, right? We see dimly now, but in the future, we'll see him clearly. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much of that in the Bible still that we are completely still like, well, I don't really know. Like, why am I doing this? But, they, <laughs> you know, like the idea of, uh, of divorce and what that does to your heart. You know, the idea of um, lust and, and, and sexual uh, promiscuity, like what that does to you, yeah. like it, it creates in you things that now we're just discovering that are psychologically damaging that like, you know, that 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 there's there's a gene and a hormone in you that exists that is made for monogamy. And it just blows my mind that these things exist. Right. Right. And so when we operate outside of God's holiness and there's going to be suffering you know and, and so we'll take it in terms of the jews washing their hands um 
in the Old Testament. There's real world applications for that. You know, the Jews were persecuted uh, when the Black Plague hit because mm -hmm. they weren't getting it. You know, and, and the numbers were so significantly low that they weren't getting it. And people that weren't washing their hands, that weren't following the Jewish custom, they were getting the Black Plague. And so there's like this idea of like when we follow after God, right? Because what is sin, Pastor Ray? Pastor Boss, sorry. Sin is when you go against what God's law is, what he has told us to do, or do something that he has told us not to do. <laughs> so disobeying yeah. God. Yeah, it's disobedience, right? And so sin brings us into reveling in disobedience. And there is real life application for disobedience to the lord and so everybody just thinks oh this is a holy ancient law i know really like you know but like it, it affects your literal being right and we can see that even today right like think of some of the ways today in your life what you see in wherever you are in the world you know and you see like when there is a a plethora of sin or a love for sin how it's diminishing society, uh, how it's literally causing causing heartbreak, it's causing destruction, and it's causing suffering. Um, and so as we walk through that idea of uh, suffering, it can't go without seeing, like, even in, like, the God's laws, and now we're talking about the Ten Commandments, right? Like, we know, like, you, you murder someone, that's not a good thing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, even the little the little pieces, even when God speaks to you and, you know, you decide to be disobedient, even when you've been convicted about something that isn't necessarily written in black and white and you're not following that out in your life, that's going to lead to suffering because the Lord sees you. And he knows that you're, you're different than I am. And so, you know, if the Lord tells you not to, to drink alcohol— you need to listen because that may affect you differently than it affects me. Mm -hmm. And the Lord can see those things in you. He knows your future, right? He, he's already seen it. And when he's trying to intervene and your first response is resistance, then you'll never be able to live in the fullness of that ab the abundance that Pastor Boss was talking about before. And so, you know, that's just a little challenge when we're talking about the coupling of sin and suffering what about for you uh boss like what do you think about that idea of sin and suffering um as a whole yeah i think um a lot of times uh, obviously i think they're obviously sin and suffering that like he just like pastor daylight just said it, it's coupled together it very much and, and and we can we can say okay well i didn't necessarily do this and so why am i explaining you know experiencing so much suffering that's a different subject i think that's something that you know i don't know if we'll touch on that later or what but i'll give what did you, you just say again repeat that basic basically that there can be suffering in your life with the absence of sin as well all of us have Absolutely. sinned all of us have Absolutely. sinned but there might be times in your life that you're doing really well you know you're you're following god you're following what he's doing but there's still suffering that's going on in your life even though you're obeying god's law none of us are perfect that's not what i'm saying or anything like that but there can be suffering even in the absence of sin in our lives that's not directly correlated to what our lives are showing um, but with with the other side of it i'll give you guys an example i don't know if i've ever actually shared this before um i was probably i don't think i was married yet 
I was maybe 21, 22 years old. I, I, you know, I was still dating my wife. Maybe we were engaged at this point. But I remember saying to the youth group that I was leading at the time, both myself and my wife, we were leading that youth group for many years. And I basically said to them, I was like, Satan can bring it. Like, he can bring it out of my life. And I... I got God. I was just high on my faith. And I was just like, God's got me. I was opening up a door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think, honestly, and I've thought about this multiple times in my life. I don't know if I've ever shared this before. I've thought about multiple times in my life. I think that there was a pride factor going on in my life mm. that needed to be rechecked. And so a lot of the things that maybe i go through now i don't know for sure this is maybe a question that i have for god when i get to heaven did i open up a door to allow this bring it on satan type of mindset to affect me so that god could bring me to a place of being more humble saying okay you really want it to be brought on because God could right. God could stop it all in a moment. He could stop it all. He could fix everything. It's not necessarily the way that he usually works, though. He allows things to happen to us for different reasons. And I'm not saying that my God, my that my life would have been completely perfect if I didn't say those things, but I do think that there may be more trials in my life because I had this mindset of bring it on, I can take it, and it was almost in a prideful way because it wasn't necessarily me giving God the glory. It was me giving myself the glory for the faith that I had, not necessarily wow. me leaning upon God because of the strength that he has. Yeah. And so that, I, I don't know that it, it might be a piece of it. So yeah, there's definitely a correlation though. I hope that gives a, a little bit of a visible, uh, you know, answer for you. Definitely a correlation between sin and the consequences that we have in our life and the suffering that we go through for sure. Just, you know, mm. just, just as you were talking about before. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a, I think there is a pride in us sometimes that awakens things that we aren't ready for. And, you know, I definitely was been there as a, as a young, young student and probably even recent, Recent years, you know, just not even being able to fully understand. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah. When we when we move past things, we're like, oh, wow, that was that was dumb. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, when you ask for patience from God, He's not going to just supernaturally give you more patience. That's not how that normally works. I can't. Say, I'm not going to say He can't because He can. Right. But He usually doesn't. I haven't seen it that way. Um, instead, He's going to put you through trials of patient testing things. Yep. And he's going to start building in you through hard work and suffering <clears throat> that endurance and that perseverance uh, to be able to overcome those obstacles. And so I really think that if you want to live a life suffering less, then you will never be built into the person God wants you to be. Right. Um, but I still think you can live that that life to an extent. Um, I think if you always try to back away from being obedient to the things that the Lord has spoken to your heart, the things that God has been putting in you, then life will probably be a little bit easier. I'm not saying suffering won't happen, but I'm saying it'll probably be easier. But if you challenge yourself and you are willing to take upon yourself hard things and do hard things uh, when the Lord has called you to do them, 
that you will be built into the person that God wants you to be. Now, you can think of all the people in the Bible. Let's like take David's life, for example, because it's a pretty easy one. David was a man after the heart of God, right? He was a man after God's own heart. That is a pretty significant scripture verse that even says that. Mm -hmm. Yet his life was full of disobedience. His life was full of uh, revelry in, in sin. But what David had was a learning experience as he went through. I don't believe David died as an old man that was not taught the good things of God. And we can see that through his, his writings in Psalm. Right. Like he was someone that was tested and he failed sometimes. And then the Lord produced in him perseverance, endurance, that ability to weather hard storms. That even when he was surrounded by his enemies because he did what he shouldn't have done, even when he found himself in places because he made choices he shouldn't have and had people killed because of his wrongdoing, mm -hmm. he at the end of the day was tested. He was brought through the kiln of fire. And at the at the at the end of his life, I think that some of that stuff still stuck, right? Like he couldn't build the temple because there was blood on his hands. You know, there's like, there's some things that he didn't have the ability um, to do because of the life that he lived, the, the sin that he, he sought out and he, and he fought and he, and he really like cherished for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing we could see about David's life and in the midst of his suffering is it brought him to repentance. Mm -hmm. um, and with a repentant heart, I believe that's what the Lord talks about when he says a man after my own heart. It's someone that is quick to repentance. It's someone that doesn't get lost um, in the difficulty, doesn't run away when things get hard, but is willing to persevere and move through and then allow the Lord back in even after all the hardships his heart has taken, right? Like we see it in the Bible. What happened with the Pharaoh? Well, his heart was hardened. He hardened his heart towards God. Well, what's that going to, what's going to happen there? Well, the Lord's never going to have the ability to move in his heart because he's hardened it. He's taken himself and said, no, 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 and pushed God farther and farther away. And, you know, even through the Pharaoh's life, right? Right, Pastor Boz? Like, that dude went through some suffering. Yeah, just a little bit. He he lost a lot. Like, he lost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, it, it's funny to laugh at from our perspective because we're 2,000 years removed, but I wouldn't even want to be the people around the Pharaoh in that situation mm -mm. because guess what? His sin was affecting his nation. His sin and his suffering was affecting everyone. Yeah. And instead of being corrected, he got hardened and moved further away. And that was something and, about David. He yeah. had to be corrected where he didn't even know that he was wrong in certain areas. His best friend had to come to him and give him a story to relate to him and say, you, you got to stop doing this. And then yep. David immediate, immediate, there was immediate transformation where he said, oh, like, you're right. This is, this oh, is shoot. Yeah. Like he had, yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh didn't have that moment though. He just kept doing what he was going to do. <laughs> so, Yeah. And so I, I really think that your suffering could push you two different ways. And it's what you allow, right? right. Um, I believe that the Pharaoh allowed his heart to be hardened because he thought he was God. 
and uh, he couldn't reconcile the fact of losing that. Mm. And I think in David's life, you can see a man whose heart was uh, broken and was willing to allow God to come in and repair it uh, in that suffering. And so, yeah, I think that that's the dichotomy of the two. You have a choice in life, uh, what you do, uh, Christian, saint, person. <laughs> like, yes. And uh, yeah, I, those I, two, two, two avenues. Go ahead. I also think that it, 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 I mean, this doesn't really go with suffering, but I think this also just shows how um, the consequences of sin, how big they actually are. I'll take Moses for an example. This guy was, listen, he made some mistakes early on, right? And he changed his ways at times. He ran away at times. We see Moses's life. Then he gets the burning bush experience, if you know the story, listens to God, puts his, you know, he, he leads the Israelites out of Egypt. He even does the whole staff you know, the Red Sea parts, they walk through on dry ground. He's following God time and time again. But then there's a moment that God tells him to uh, to smack a stone with his, with his staff and water will pour forth from it. So he smacks the stone with his staff. Water pours forth. Great. He did exactly what God had asked him to do. But then there's a second time that the same type of experience is happening. This man has been in the wilderness with the Israelites for years. He is the one that led them out of Egypt. He is the one that is leading them, and he has been talking face-to-face -face with God, okay? Coming out with the Shekinah glory all over him when he comes out that people couldn't even look at this guy, right? He's got so many amazing things going on. The consequence of sin is great, though. This person who was supposed to lead them into the promised land, the land of Canaan, the, the land flowing with milk and honey, it's supposed to be Moses who's going to bring them to this land. Obviously God, but Moses is the, the, the human leader leading them to this place. And then there's yep. a second experience with a rock. And God says, speak to that stone and water will pour forth. Well, in all of his imperfect humanity, he says, well, I smacked the stone once and it worked. So why don't I smack the stone again and it will work. He smacks the stone and it works. Water pours forth. The Israelites have water for days to be able to drink upon. Great. But then God says, you didn't listen to me. You didn't have faith. And mm. so you will not be able to have the promise that was promised to the Israelites. You will never step foot into the promised land. What I'm going to do, and I almost think this is a little bit worse, you will go up on top of a mountain and you will see it in the distance. And then you're going to die. The consequence of sin is great. Yeah. The suffering that sin can produce in your life is great. And I don't think we understand that all the times. We say, well, it's just a small peek at this. It's just a small time that I'm going to do this just once but it can set up for a lifetime of suffering if we're not careful, if, if we're doing something like that, we're disobeying what God has asked us to do. Even if you think it's something, well, it's worked in the past. God told me to do this in the past. Doesn't necessarily mean that's what God is telling you to do in this moment in that way. Yeah, man, like suffering, you know, our sin leads to suffering. It, it's just like, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that doesn't cover all of suffering, but it, like what we can know for sure, right? <clears throat> 
if I take a hammer and I hit my hand, it's going to hurt no matter what. Um, if my hands here, my daughter accidentally hits it with the hammer, like, yeah, it's a possibility that happens. That's not, that's not foretold. That's not guaranteed, right? That she's going to hit my hand, but it might happen. And if it does, it's going to hurt. Right. That's the idea when we, when we look at suffering and we boil it down to like purposeful sin leads to this action or I will get caught in the, in the shrapnel of a sinful world and environment, even though I am righteous. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, uh, boss, you started to hit on it a little bit before you started talking about that story before. And it's this idea of pastor boss that I live a pretty righteous life, man. Like I'm a pretty good guy. I, I do my best. I, I, I constantly am, am coming to, before the Lord and I'm, I'm confessing, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hold people to a higher standard. I'm trying to be better. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. Like I, I'm trying to draw closer to God, but I keep ending up in these situations of suffering. And I'm a pretty good dude. Like, why is that? Yeah. My first question would be, well, first of all, where is your joy coming from? I think that's that's a big issue, and I'll touch on that in a second because we do go through those moments of being really good at life. <laughs> good at life. What does that look like, right? <laughs> uh, but you know, we we have these moments of just doing really well, and we're 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 faithful. We're reading the Word of God. We're doing this, doing that, trying to draw closer. But there's just there's just junk that happens, and like like Pastor Dale was saying, we just get caught in the fact that we live in a broken world. That does not mean that we have this hedge of protection around us that means that we're never going to have any loss in our life that doesn't mean that we're never going to have to that we're never going to have hurt those things are going to happen mm. um i forgot what i was where i was going with that at the beginning but it's this idea that the righteous suffer yeah i just i feel like it goes back to James chapter 1 verse 2 and a lot of people preach on this and there's other places in the Bible that it talks about this dude but just placing the your joy in not the circumstantial things in life right because a lot of people they go through these good moments but I think I think when we're having those good moments a lot of times we're, we're placing everything into circumstantial things in our life I've been guilty of this many many times in my life but joy it talks about when we go through these trials to have joy, what does that even look like? Like I just lost my job or this person in my family just passed away or I just had this happen and you're telling me to have joy in my life? Mm. That doesn't even make sense. But when we look back at the original translation of the Bible, we look at the original translation in Greek of what joy actually meant, it doesn't mean happiness. The Merriam-Webster dictionary is wrong about what joy says because it says a feeling of happiness in your life. Joy is not happiness. Joy is something that flourishes best in hard times. Joy is something where you are going through a problem. You are having a trial. You're having a trial with your finances. You're having trial with your health. You're having a trial with sin even at times. You're having a trial with X, Y, and Z. And joy is going to be that thing that helps you to be able to get through it because my joy is not in my finances. My joy is not 
in my health. My joy is not in my relationships. My joy is not in these things or doing well. My joy is in something completely different. It's in something that's eternal, not something that's circumstantial. My joy is in Jesus. My joy is in the fact that Jesus Christ is going to come back one day. This life stinks right now, and it's really hard, and I'm suffering, but my joy is placed in the fact that Jesus Christ is going to come back, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to recognize that this joy is going to cause in me perseverance. It's going to cause endurance. It's going to cause me to be strengthened. Listen, if I go outside right now and I try to run a mile, guys, I'm not in shape right now. I, I'm just not. I'm going to have an asthma attack. Yes, I have athlete's asthma. Praise the Lord. I'm going <laughs> athlete's to, asthma. I do have athlete's asthma. I have to run like a mile for it to kick up. But anyways, I'm just not in shape right now. And so that's going to happen. But the more that I have resistance against me, the more that I have resistance when I'm working out, the more resistance that I have in my life that comes against me, that's going to be what produces the strength in my life. That's what's going to produce the strength. And it's not even my own strength. This is strength that comes from God. You look at it when you go to the weight room, right? If you go to the weight room, I don't know. We're all gamers here, but I'm going to talk about sports for a second, okay? You go to the weight room and you try to do squats for the first time in your life. You're going to come home and it's going to feel like somebody's stabbing you in the legs with a knife because you are going to be hurting that next day. But the more you do it, the more resistance you have, the better it will feel and the more weight that you're going to be able to push up the next time that you go back to the gym. It's the same in our life. The more resistance that we have against us, even if you're doing well in your life, even if things are going well, well, God's saying, hey, listen, I know that you're doing well, but I can see what is in your future. And there is something else that you're going to have to deal with that is far worse than this. And Mm. this has happened to me as well. Because I told you guys about the the seizures and stuff like that, that my wife had gone through, but there's things after that that was worse, but I was able to get through it when I know if those things didn't happen previously, I would have been checked out. But the Mm. faith and the strength that it produced in me in those moments, it was strength and faith that I started to have that came from God. And it was in those moments I honestly started to realize what God's strength was in my life. People pe- people say it in church all the time, just, just rely on God's strength. It is not until you hit the end of your rope that you understand what that fully means. There are so many people that talk about, well, you just need to rely on God's strength who have never had to rely on God's strength once in their life because they've been relying on themselves their entire life. There are a lot of people that say that and don't actually know what that means. So, but that's apart from the fact. Yeah, no, I think that that's... That's really good. And, you know, uh, yeah, I think Job, Job is one of the good examples of uh, the Lord producing in him um, great and mighty things, even though he was not, you know, um, not in, in typical terms, a, a, a sinner, right? A continued, continued on sinning. Yep. I'm sure he sinned in his life. Um, and so watching him be restored and come through, you know, and being built upon. And really what happened was he was given a tenfold of like what he originally had. Uh, and that suffering kind of produced probably his shoulders to be wide enough to understand and be able to take that. Um, and so I think that, you know, one of the coolest things I heard you heard you say there, uh, Boz, was that idea that, you know, it really is suffering is 
in terms a building up of resistance. Mm -hmm. It's an ability to walk through difficult things. It's ability to walk with people through difficult things um, because you've been there before and you're able to carry more the more you've been through. I, I really do believe that too. Like I tell you, I say it all the time because I have a pretty like disturbing testimony is probably the best way to say it. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> ever described their testimony that way, but um, a pretty disturbing testimony in terms of like just the, some of the things I've went through in my life have been very, very, very difficult and hard for a lot of people to swallow. Um, and then there's other people in this world, like one of my best friends, um, his life has been very moderately what he would say. I'm not, this is not my words, this is his words, easy. That he didn't need to go through much. He had a really good upbringing, you know, he had good family and good friends and good community. And so his suffering looks different than mine, mm. right? What might rock his day is different than what would rock my exactly. day. Yep. Um, and that makes me good for a lot of situations, but we also know there's some outflows to go with your suffering that are like, can be very negative. And even in my own heart, I'm constantly trying to battle with God to help free me from some of the things. It's like when you've been weathered enough times, you look weathered and you become weathered and you know, that can produce in you bitterness. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm constantly battling with the Lord of like, you know, take this from me, God, like these feelings that I have that like, my my friend would wouldn't feel those feelings towards people he just doesn't it doesn't like happen the same for him and so I, I there's a constant battle between no matter where you are and what you're battling whatever you're going through whatever your suffering looks like that can be real and so if my my friend goes through something hard it's really difficult for him and his pain is just as bad as my pain maybe even in the worst possible pain that i've felt he doesn't know any different right? right if i've been if i've been stabbed in the leg um you know i know what that feels like but if he's only ever been poked you know that could be the worst possible thing he's ever felt and his pain is just as real as my pain and it's measured the same way mm -hmm. um but it's measured to us equally and differently and so if you can put yourself in a place where you continue to rely on the things of God, you can continue, continue to rely on him to get you through those hard seasons. It's going to continue to build in you a resistance, a stronghold that cannot be battered down by simple things. Like life becomes so much more simple when we do one of two things. When we spend time with Jesus, I say this all the time, you could speak in front of anybody. When people say, oh, you know, public speaking makes me want to die. If you spent all morning with the king of kings talking with him battling through hard issues like when you speak in front of whoever it is fill in the blank it is so trivial and so like Amen. minute it does not matter and so in in one way like you can strengthen in you a, a resolve by spending time with the lord and then the other thing is walking through hard times and then relying on jesus to get you through mm -hmm. If you want to be built into a tank, you want to be built into that juggernaut of a person, that Titan, those are the, the ways you have to walk through. And it is a difficult journey. It is a journey that I wouldn't wish on many people, but it's a journey you must walk if you want to be the person that God has called you to be. If that's what he's called you to do. Yeah. Jesus does this magical thing in the New Testament. He says, my burden is light. Mm. He says that the yoke that you have to put on my teaching, that's what his yoke is. But a yoke was this instrument put on oxen so they could pull something. It was heavy. 
And he says, my yoke is light. When he says those words, what he is saying is that living inside of his words, doing things that are honorable, doing things like following the fruit of the spirit, it will be easy to carry those burdens. Because he's not talking about a teaching that is, you have to go through all of these tenets and these difficulties and, the, and like he's saying, do these things, right? This list of things, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I don't think I missed any. There's nine fruit of the spirit that I want you to follow after. Like, like love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like love God with all your heart. My teaching's easy. If you would just, if you would just listen, submit to it and learn from it and then exude it. You could live in this fullness of this life that I've, that I've promised you. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of times I think we're waiting, especially as Christians, we're waiting for things to get easy. Like we're waiting, like I've met people like this, man. I, I mean, I helped revitalize a church that was, you know, 40 people praying around a table of like, Lord, we, we, wait, we can't wait until you come again. God, we can't wait until you come. Save us. Like... That's not fullness of life. Nope. Like, you know, he didn't call us to huddle in a building and, and, and cry out to say, like, save us from this life. Like, he's called us to, to be in the world, but not of it. Right? He's called us to be lights when we walk, to walk in boldness and compassion, to walk in joy and, and, and faithfulness and gratitude, to be pillars of light, to literally be walking images of God. That's what he means when he says, you've been created in my image. It is this idea of the same images that they would known would be known in like Rome, where you'd see like this, the, the the statue of David. You would see these these crazy images of these people. That's what he means. Carry my image well, my banner, my presence, who I am Amen. in you. And it'll be a mark for people to understand. Right? When you go through those hard times and we see a soft heart, a repentant heart, guess what it shows to everyone around you? It shows that I am your God. Mm. Because everybody else that does not follow after me, when they go through hard times, guess what they do? They run, they hide, they get angry, they get bitter, they do destructive things. And Jesus does the exact opposite. And it is a testimony upon itself that cannot just be spoken, but can be seen in you. That revolutionizes, that shakes people up around you, that moves that dead moping person, that Eeyore, and shakes them up to life mm. so they can be the person that God intended them to be. Right. Learn to suffer well. The Bible is riddled with it. I have said these things to you in John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. This is a promise. Listen, in the world you will have tribulation. That sounds like some Mortal Kombat stuff. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So it's, yes, you will face hardship now. You will walk in tribulation now. But let me tell you, let me tell you, it doesn't matter because I've overcome it. You're going to a different place. There's a new world for you. Yeah. So suffer well, walk through this with boldness. Keep your head up high. Talk about your problems and your suffering with joy. Yes. And that is that is one of the greatest things, if you take away anything from today's talk, is Pastor Boz's 
explanation of joy. If you can walk with that joy in you, that when everybody else is being throttled, everybody around you, you know, all the I remember, I think of the British lineup of all the soldiers and they're just like getting knocked down. And you can walk in that in in that bravery, really that courage of joy. It's a testament. Amen. It's a story. It's the gospel that's exuding through you. We're guaranteed to suffer. How you suffer matters. Yeah. One more scripture verse here. Philippians 1.29. It says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. We live in a place in America that's pretty free compared to a lot of other places in the world. And we've tend to tie Christendom with nationalism. And we think that's just how the world should work. And anytime that anything comes against Christians in our nation, we act as the Christian church in a way that doesn't represent that well. You weren't called to have everything go your way. You weren't called to not have suffering in your life. That doesn't mean you weren't also called to have abundance. Mm. I think you can have both and. Yep. And so as we've talked about suffering today, I want you to understand the kingship that you have marked in your life, that mark of the Holy Spirit. That is your mark for that joy. That is your mark for that abundance. So you can walk two different ways, like we said, you can walk with the weight of the world on your shoulders. And guess what? You will be crushed and you will never produce the things that the Lord wants to produce in you. Right. Or you can walk in the freedom that he's given you, even though everything around you is, is blowing up. Yep. You know, everything around you is, is getting torn down. Everything around you looks destructive mm -hmm. and, and, and it looks like you can't make it out. If you keep your eyes fixed, if you keep your eyes fixed on who? On Jesus. On Jesus. If you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You will walk through life not only like, oh, I'm just surviving. I'm dragging on by God's coattails. You'll walk with your, your, your head held high, your chest out. And being willing to take things that you cannot take on your own. But because of him, everything else feels trivial. Yep. It doesn't mean we don't mourn. It doesn't mean we don't hurt. It doesn't mean that there's not pain. It just means that it becomes lessened. It becomes dulled. Right. When we're fixed our eyes on him. Yeah. Pastor Balls, anything you want to say in the terms of suffering or any of your experiences? Yeah. Last thing I, I would I would want to put in here is um First Peter chapter one verse thirteen. I don't, I don't have it up in front of me, so I can't read the exact word for word, but the second half of that verse talks about where our hope is supposed to be placed in. And I'm gonna go back to what I was talking about before circumstantial things and eternal things 
I want to encourage you today because you might be going through a period in your life where you're suffering, a trial in your life where you're suffering, uh, and it may have been a few months, may have been a few weeks, it may have been a few years, could have even been decades that you've been going through something specific and you just don't know why. And you're saying, okay, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to learn from this? You might not know quite yet what God is doing. Don't place your hope in this event, situation, in getting better. Because I've been guilty of that. Saying wow. my hope and my joy and my faith is, is only if, and I wasn't intentionally doing that, only if my finances look good. Only if my wife is healed. Only if this turns out right in my life. Because the hope is not supposed to be placed in those circumstantial things. Because you know what? The enemy can steal your hope away if your finances go down the hole. Your hope can be taken away by the enemy if your relationships don't work out. Your hope can be stolen away by the enemy when we start putting the your when we start putting it in these circumstantial things. But when you place it in something that is eternal, it is safe, it is secure, and the enemy cannot take that away. Does that mean that when you are having trouble and you're suffering in this world that you're going to be happy about it? No. But your hope lies elsewhere. So even though this is not working out in my life, there's something better that I'm looking forward to. And so what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says is put it in the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back one day. At the revelation of Jesus Christ, he is coming back for his people. He is coming mm. back to... I, I, I get hyped when I talk about these things. So I'll, I'll tone it down a little <laughs> bit because I know we only got a couple minutes here. Place your hope in Jesus. Place it in the eternal places. Do not place it in your circumstances or the things that can be taken by the enemy because it will be taken at times. And it just, in those moments, it's not even, it, it, like at that point, it's not even suffering anymore. It's, 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 you feel hopeless because mm. you have none left. And I've been there. I've done that. That doesn't mean that it can't be restored, though. Amen. Amen. Man, so good. Um, I, I love these conversations because I just think like the church as a whole needs to be be shaken up in terms of like how we are we've kind of a, just a tied our upbringing, our culture into the fact of who we are as Christians. And you know, I know like no matter what, like I'm I'm painted verse two, guys. Like, I'm not gonna walk through pain on purpose. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to act like I, I, I want the pain, but I think is if we, I think it's, it's devastating to us, um, absolutely devastating, is if we think that we shouldn't have pain and then we receive it. Yeah, uh, it's much different than when we've braced the fact that we've, we're ready for that impact and we're reliant on God to walk through it. Um, it changes so much. Yeah. And so as we head into, um, we have a testimony video coming up before we do, I want to pray. I want to pray for anyone here that might feel like the burden that they've faced is too much to bear. Um, if you're going through a, a time in your life where you do not have the ability to walk through it alone, 
we want to be here for you. We want to help you in whatever way we can and keep fixing your, helping you fix your eyes on, on God. Um, but if you're in a space uh, right now when, where you think like, hey, I don't know if I want to live, uh, please reach out to us mm -hmm. in whatever way, shape or form. We want to be here for you um, and we want to get you some help that you need. Uh, and so we'll direct you to some some professional uh, help as well, because don't make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. Right. Um, and so when we talk about suffering, don't think we take it lightly. It's real and it, and it, and it hurts. And when you're walking in, it's much easier. It's much easier for me to talk about pain when I'm not walking through it than when I am. Um, so I don't think that we th find it trivial or we think that your pain is not real yeah. um, in any way, shape or form. And so yeah. we love you guys. I'm going to pray for everybody here and uh, pray over the testimony video. And um, Pastor Boz, thank you so much for coming on, sharing a lot of your story and and or a few of your stories in, in the in the awesome life that you are able to uh, give to the Lord. Absolutely. Uh, even through some hardships. And so I appreciate you and I love you, brother. Appreciate you too, Let's man. Pray. Thank you. Absolutely. Jesus, we come before you, Lord, and we hand it all to you. That's my desire, Father, that if we get anything out of today, God, it's to hand everything to you. That, Father, we cannot, we can't, we can't make it alone, God. We need you. Father, we need you for the day-to-day. -day. We need you to be able to walk through suffering well. We need you for your understanding and your wisdom and your knowledge to understand who we are. Lord, I pray you would bring people through trials in this chat. That you'd bring them through trials if that'll help them get to their purpose. Yes, Father, I pray that you bring them to obedience. And Lord, I pray that you would be the God that we know you are and leave some of the suffering if it's too much. Lord, be with each and every person. Help them to have a relationship with you that is flourishing, God. A relationship that a relationship that 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 shakes their core, Father. That helps them realize that there's more to this world than just living. There's more to this world than just suffering. But Lord, that they can live a full life here on earth simply by knowing you. Lord, help them, be with them, change our hearts and our minds, help them to be aligned with you, God. And I pray, Father, for an abundant life, a life that is full of goodness, a life that is full of you over each and every person. Pray, Father, that you would continue to speak, that you continue to use people. Allow our stories, allow the people that we affect to be a testimony of the work that you do here at God Squad Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Hey, if you like what we're doing here in any way, shape, or form, support man what are you doing we need you empty your pockets we need you <laughs> yeah we do we need you it, it, it's as simple as this we don't do this alone you know i might be on the screen and pastor boss might be on the screen we might send to other leaders on the screen it doesn't this isn't our show this is not like a thing that like this is about god and his kingdom it's about helping gamers come to know god experience community discover their purpose so they can go into the world and make a difference that's why we're doing what we're doing that's why we're here and guess what you're a part of that we can't do this alone. 
our functionality, our existence on Twitch, our ability to be a church is dependent on your generosity. It's just that simple. It's yep. dependent on my generosity too. And guess what? I give. I can show you the receipts. <laughs> like we believe in giving and we don't just believe in giving because God Squad Church needs to go on because the mission's great. We believe in giving because that's what the Lord's told us to do and it's honor unks to him. It is a glorifying message when we give back to the kingdom to watch eternities changed. Yeah. It's also beneficial for you. You might not realize this, but it's one of the few promises that the Lord like says, test me in this. Give and it will be given tenfold to you, right? Like, like that idea. It's not the exact scripture. I just murdered it, but <laughs> given it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken up and, and, and measured to you with the same measure, which it was given. Hmm. It's amazing what the Lord can do through you and in you and whoever I just, I feel this like legitimately right in this moment. I just heard the Lord Holy Spirit speak to me. So one of you just said, Oh, I don't have much to give. I don't care if you have a dollar to give. I just want you to be obedient. That's it. Yep. Be obedient to what the Lord's telling you to do. It does not have to be this crazy thing. Every little bit matters. Your obedience matters. So give unto God with a generous heart. Extreme generosity. This is not a fundraiser. This is a faith raiser. Amen. It's going to be difficult. We're reaching places in our finances that you might have to give that feels painful, right? You might have to suffer a little bit this next week, this next two months. Like, I don't know. Just listen to the, just listen to God. Let him speak to you. I can say all the things I want to do. I can give you a trivial number that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is your obedience to God. Yeah. So this is not just an entertainment week. This is a, a week of being able to give generously, to show Twitch, to show gamers what the church can do when we partner together and we do things as a family, as a community.